0: You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Rec- recording? Recording live via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. Have your good buddy live. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 87. We'll be right back edition.
1: <laughs>
0: a little twofer for you, buddy.
1: Yep. I mean, I guess this is good since next week would be Christmas Eve anyway.
0: Yeah, and I, it's not very often that we find ourselves with, one, the time, and two, the inclination to to bang out a multiple episode yeah. set, so... Why not? We're here. It might not last very long, but we'll give it our best. Oh, we're here.
1: We're here, we're queer, and we're not going anywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, this week was the much-anticipated, much-ballyhooed return to the garden. Syracuse-St. John's game. Yes. Was it as bad on television as it looked in person?
1: Oh, it was terrible, man.
0: Because it was bad, man.
1: Yeah, it was bad. They're, they're not that good. I mean, compound with the fact that, yes, I know Monmouth is a good team, but they beat Georgetown by like 15 points last night. Yeah, I know. And that 7-4 that scored all over us had like one point.
0: Yeah, don't get me started about Monmouth. I don't know what it is. It, I Maybe I've always had this thing where
1: I hate the local hip thing. Whatever it is. Oh, see, Mom must be killing you right now because yeah. they're all the rage with their crazy sideline celebrations and whatnot. Yeah. And everybody who has been
0: nothing. All the beat reporters who who have covered and and I don't know, maybe this is just petty, but like now all of a sudden they're the big men on campus. You know, yes. this guy Josh Newman who's covered them forever. Is now all of a sudden the hottest guy, but he's getting pissed at all the other people who are jumping on the bandwagon because yeah, moving in on his spot. He's been here before, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the like the guy who gets pissed at people who like the Ramones because he liked the Ramones first. Yep. So I don't. I definitely don't have any patience for that, and I definitely have this thing where I I don't know whatever the local. Hot thing is, I'm not into it.
1: Yes, I got you.
0: So Mammoth is both of those equations. Yeah, both sides of the equation. So um, they're obnoxious, and this the 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 uh, mob bench mob, as they are referred to. That's what they call them. That's what they call themselves. They will be on the Today Show this weekend. And I'm. Oh, a, god! I hope Rutgers kicks the shit out of them.
1: But they won't. Rutgers is awful.
0: <laughs> Rutgers is awful. And to be honest, this team's pretty good. The the Mama yeah. team's legit.
1: Yeah, they're good.
0: They're they're but gonna Rutgers be. Rutgers
1: is Rutgers is legitimately bad though.
0: Uh Rutgers, Rutgers loses yes. every game by double digits. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. They're horrible. They're horrible. I think if the tournament were to,
1: st- I gotta look up Rutgers record now.
0: <laughs> if the tournament were to start today the NCAA tournament were to start today, i got to imagine they are no worse than a nine seed.
1: Yeah, I mean, they might slide down a little bit more just because of the way shit goes. If it start today, yes. Problem is, they're going to go through their fucking conference, and that's going to screw up everything. Even if they go shot and go undefeated, it'll probably bring down their... Their power number a little bit. Because
0: you know? the conference will. Because yeah. the conference doesn't have any big wins. They are 0 and 11 against Power 5 conferences, the rest Outside of the match. Yeah. Outside of Monmouth, yes. Outside of Monmouth. So they're playing in a shit league. Yep. Now, Gonzaga and St. Mary's, they don't play in a shit league. They play in a pretty decent league. So those are mid majors that, you know, well, Gonzaga's not a mid major anymore. But, you know, when teams yeah. come out of that conference, uh, if it's not Gonzaga, they get the respect because it's a good league.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, even BYU got into that league. Right. You know, they were like, we're going to be independent football, but we need to be in a league, a good basketball league, so they went and got in that, yeah. that one. Yeah. You know, because it's a place to go now. It was
0: funny. Back in the day when I worked at the NEC, and, and the NEC was just a, you know, a shit conference, more so than it is now, Um the guy who is like the dean of the uh, of the NEC office, he had already been there for like 10 years when I was there. And he would always say things to me like, you're way too progressive, man. Slow down. You know, this league can't keep up. You, you know, one idea a year. That's all you really should have to come up with. Um, we'd always talk about how the West Coast Conference was the conference to go to because it was uh, eight teams... It was on the yeah. West Coast. Their their office was like in Malibu or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they only had eight sports. Whatever like the minimum NCAA requirement was five men sports, three women sports, or three women, three men sports, and five women sports. Uh, they had the minimum. It was great, and they were all those those schools like St. Mary's and Santa Pepper Clara Pepperdine,
1: right? <laughs> I mean, it's always been a pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of. You know, it's mostly little Catholic schools and a well, couple just regular nondescript private schools. You know, and now BYU. Right. But yeah, I mean, like Santa Clara, Portland. You know. Yeah. Uh, who else is in there? You know, you got Gonzaga, of course. Yeah, but I think that's what it is. It's mostly they're all like little, little Catholic schools.
0: Yeah, and back before the the huge expansion, um, San Francisco. It was eight. It was eight. Eight schools. No team. No. Yeah. Uh, no sports. But um, they were
1: always good at basketball. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. They. Uh, I'm on their site here. They don't seem to. Uh, schools. Here we go. It's BYU, Gonzaga, uh, Loyola Marymount, Pacific, Pepperdine, Portland, Saint Mary's, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Clara.
1: Yeah, I think most of those Catholic ones are Jesuit schools too. Gonzaga definitely is. I believe Portland is. Uh, Santa Clara is. Loyola Marymount definitely is. It's crazy. San Francisco, they're in that conference, right? Yep. Yep, they are. The Dons. That's where Bill Russell went to school. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, that's a good little conference there. It's weird that BYU's in now because BYU is like a big school. Yeah. That. Way bigger than all those other schools.
0: Yeah, fun little conference.
1: Um, so anyway, back
0: to, uh, back to St. Back John's. To
1: back to St. John's. So you went to the St. John's, which was terrible because there was that point in the second half near the, in the last, you know, five to ten minutes of the ga- game I think we had the lead, it was like a nine point game, and we had three consecutive opportunities to cut into the lead. Yes. Without them scoring any buckets. One they go down. And we missed a shot. And then Tyler Leiden gets the rebound and missed like a three foot shot. Don't get there. We go down the next trip. Friggin' miss a layup. Go next one was like who was it? Malachi that might stole the ball. And he missed a a breakaway layup. You know, three in a row. And we never got anything for it. And that was the game, basically. Yeah. Just, uh, it's um, going to be rough. We're too small, too, you know?
0: And it's a combination of diminished talent and underachievers. Yeah. Which is a bad combination because, like, either have heart and hustle or be good. We're, yeah. we're not very good and our guys just don't have have the talent or the or the the hustle to persevere through that you yeah, know what I mean? I mean
1: we're yeah we're not a good team right now we're not a good team
0: roberson went I, went like one for nine from the line
1: dude Roberson shouldn't even be playing that's how bad it is we don't even have the option to not play him right robertson was just he was a friggin liability on the court richardson was a some was silly like four for 18 oh god we went five of 26 from three-point range you're not gonna beat anybody when you're missing 21 fucking three-pointers
0: oh man and this kills me to say but cooney's just not very good no cooney sucks cooney's gotten worse he really has and And that sucks because there's a lot of reasons why that sucks. But first and foremost for me is that I think he looks like my (laughs) brother-in-law. So it's really, really hard to dislike him.
1: Dude, nobody could hit a (laughs) three-pointer the other day. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that sucks. It would make me not like my (laughs) brother-in-law.
0: Uh, but he just is so nice, you know? Yeah. He's just a regular, normal guy. I'm sure Cooney's- Cooney or your brother-in-law. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. be here but all your the Your
1: brother-in-law week. probably sucks, probably can never hit three-pointers, even though that's what his whole stick is supposed to be. <laughs>
0: no, that's Cooney. <laughs> oh, all right. Sorry.
1: <laughs> see see my dilemma i get him so confused <laughs> exactly i'd start taking it out on him no but that's what bothers me about cooney his whole stick is that he's supposed to be a great three-point shooter yep he fucking can't hit shit anymore you know <laughs> and on top of it that's the problem with this team the problem is and they we knew that before the season began we knew it as the season was starting they have no size all they can depend on is shooting and when the shots aren't falling, we're fucked. The other day, they had loads of open shots. They just kept missing them. Guy yeah. had a
0: pretty good point, And he said, the problem is now, that now this, this team, you know, were ranked 14th in the poll. But there was no way they should have been ranked. They're not. A, they weren't the 14th best team in the country. No,
1: I mean when they were ranked 14th, I, you know, they had one of these little polls on Twitter. W- what do you think about their ranking? I was like, it's a, way too high. The options were just about right, not high enough or way or too high. I was definitely like, that's too high. You know, and we weren't the 14th best team, and that's why I was saying winning and friggin' winning the Bahamas thing was the worst thing that could happen because it gave everybody a false sense of. What this team is
0: exactly, you know? exactly, and that's the problem. So I mean, this
1: team is the team that was struggling against the lesser teams on the schedule before they got the Bahamas, right? You know, like we weren't blowing anybody away. You know, I mean, they who is it? Was it Lehigh? They played, yeah. The Lehigh was it? Yeah, Lehigh. Lehigh. Yeah, and that wasn't you know, that was kind of a struggle. You know? Like I think they might have won by ten points or something, but it was like a struggle. Scoring was a struggle. The second half was a huge struggle in that game. You know, and that's that's what this team is. They don't have we're always gonna be shitty rebounders. Problem is this year we're even way worse rebounders. You know? Yeah. We're it's like all right, we know we're usually going to get out-rebounded, but, we, but we're getting ridiculously out-rebounded. And, like, that Wisconsin loss, how bad does that look now? Wisconsin lost to uh, a couple of crummy teams since they played us. You know, or maybe, not, maybe they're not crummy teams, but they're teams that Wisconsin's supposed to beat, you know? Yep. They were teams, there were enough losses for Bo Ryan to say, I'm retiring right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know?
0: They're bad enough that their all-time winning as coach didn't want to stick around.
1: Yeah. Just because he's, well, because he was supposed to leave after a season anyway, and he's like, well, since this team really sucks and I kind of want the assistant coach to get the job, I'll let him have a chance to coach the team. Right. You know? Because I know they're going to suck. We're not doing anything this year. Right. You know? I mean, it's just like when Sparrier, like, but five games in the football season this year, South Carolina was shitty, and he's like, fuck it, I'm done immediately. Because why stick around when you know your team's terrible? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in that game we lost because of free throw shooting and rebounding. Every game we're going to lose is going to be because of free throw shooting and rebounding. Ugh, it's terrible. And then, of course, we always have the issue where teams like – St. John's have these nobodies who all of a sudden become like the greatest players ever <laughs> when they play us. Right. And no one can miss a three pointer. Yes, I know they're taking open three pointers, but they're also taking 25 footers and they don't miss any of them.
0: Right. Right. You
1: know, what the fuck was that about?
0: Every time, every time it looked like we had an opportunity to take the crowd out of the game. They went and hit some bullshit twenty foot, twenty two foot three pointer out of nowhere, coming off a yep. screen or.
1: Oh, it was crazy the shit they were hitting, and it's like, all right, man, I know they're open shots, but nobody hits these shots like this this regularly, and nobody on that team does. You know.
0: No, no, they're they're they are they they were not a very good team.
1: No, they're not. They beat they beat Rutgers by two points earlier this year. <laughs> This is the same Rutgers team that lost to George Washington the other night, eighty-three to forty-nine. They lost to Seton Hall, eighty-four to fifty-five. Yeah. Somehow they only lost to Wake Forest by a point. I get that. <laughs> Clemson beat them by eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, Rutgers sucks. Momnith is going to kill him. Yeah. Um. No, it was. It was so damn inferior. You know, the turning point to me in the game was this. It was the first half. It was, I don't even know. It might have been a tie game at the time, whatever it was. We got the ball. I don't know if we created a steal or what, but we ended up with the ball. Benajay has gone up the court, and the guy for St. John's comes up right behind him and steals the ball from him. Yes. Do you remember that play? Yep. And it was like all downhill from there. Because yep. next thing you know, we were down by like six or seven points too. You know? It was like we had a chance to go up by two or something like that. I'm not even sure what the situation was, but it was a tight game. And then they got like three buckets right away after that, and they were all energized, and to me that that seemed to be the whole change in the game there. Because they had gone up, but then we'd gotten back and tied it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sucked that it was Benoît because he was the only one that actually was playing worth a damn. You know, and we had, we did only turn the ball over like five times, which is the only reason we had any chance to be in it because we weren't turning the ball over. You know, right? That's the only reason it was close. You know, if they turned the ball over fifteen times, it would have been a would have been a twenty five point loss or something. You know, but it sucked. I remember when that happened. I was like fuck and then it seemed like after that you know after that we were never we were never more than just a few points away we never got even with them again you know well this
0: um this team is 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 really allowing some of the some of the fans to show their true colors because um, people have have jumped ship or at least aren't an, aren't as invested as they have been in the past because it's, it's a like down. He's talking about
1: Mike or something. No, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: yeah, I'm talking about my Reardon specifically. Um cuz this game is usually a it's like
1: fuck that. I'm going to watch the Cowboys. <laughs>
0: Uh, but I'll tell you what, that's there is, I think there was that sentiment. Um, because this game is usually one, it's a sellout. It was not a sellout this year. Uh, yeah. Two, it's at least 60% orange.
1: I've seen well, it's it. it's still mostly orange people there, right? It, it was about 50 50. Okay.
0: And their student section was. Uh, they have two student sections, one on each side of the basket. We're full for the first time um, that I've ever seen. And I go to this game every time it's played. Yeah. Um, and it was it was 50-50, orange-red, which I'd never seen before. And their student section... Was a legitimate student section.
1: Packed. Now, why do you think there are all the students there?
0: I think Mullen has, um, yeah, has some draw. Yeah, because you know what? He's not just a f- alum. They, they, at, I think some people. Well, he's a hall of famer. He's Mullen. I think some people downplay like kids don't know who he is anymore. But when you're from New York and St. John's is a commuter school,
1: yeah, th- yeah,
0: you know who he is. Yeah. Um, but he's. I mean, also, he's
1: the last great Johnny, and he's also a
0: ball player. Yeah, like they were showing. I know, but I'm
1: saying he's also the last. Oh, I mean, Ron Artest, whatever. No, 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 the, no, yeah. Chris Mullen truly is the last great St. John's player.
0: Right, but he's not. He's not Larry Bird coming back to Indiana State. Yeah, you know, or, um, you know, pick another pick another all-world player who would who would come back. He's like Chris Mullin's from the Bronx. And and I didn't realize yeah. how I'm sorry, he's from Brooklyn. How much Brooklyn, he's yeah. from Brooklyn until I really started to listen to like interviews and they did a whole pre-game with him and they showed clips of him at um, you know, March Madness and he has the swagger of a New York City basketball player.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now,
0: I don't know if that's been his persona over the last 20 years as he's, you know, gone through the ranks of of All-Star, Hall of Famer, uh NBA executive, etc. but he has taken on that persona
1: oh, as but the head I think coach probably was cuz think about think about the kind of swagger he had to carry on an NBA court to have the respect he had,
0: you know? Right. Right.
1: You know, you need to carry, you know. I mean, you see these guys you know and you're like, "Oh, look at this geeky little white guy, but you know he's gotta you know he's gotta fucking bring it to be able to yeah to not be clowned when they're out there, you know, and he talks
0: about it in requiem for the Big East, where uh he talks about um befriending Eddie Pinkney um who was from the yeah. Bronx and they played on like a a u teams and stuff together and 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 Mullin's recount of the of the recruiting process was like, you know, Hey man, when I was in high school, I used to go up to Bronx and they'd be like, what's up with this white boy. And you know, he just kind of retold the story as if he's a 16 year old kid again. So I imagine he still has that that's ingrained in him, you know? Um, And he's brought that back. And I think the kids buy into it. The fan base buys into it. Um, I know the alumni does,
1: but. Well, I mean, that was one of the things you know, like when Mullen was there, that I was reading years ago about the downfall of St. John's basketball. I mean, the downfall was basically like two-fold. A, all these other schools started coming in and recruiting New York City a lot harder, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, people obviously used to always go to New York City but to recruit, but it really got a lot harder, especially when Patino was at Kentucky. You know, he started hitting it up hard. Like, North Carolina used to always recruit the city. But the real reason it started, like, making it easier for players to go away was back in the day, you know, since St. John's, like you're saying, is a commuter school, they never had campus housing, right? You know, or much of it. So the way it used to work was since they didn't have the campus housing, the rules allowed that you could get a stipend. You know, if you were an athlete, so like Chris Mullen and all those guys that played on those eighties teams, you know, and probably even into the nineties when, when they changed it, they, they'd live with their families and then it was like a bonus for like rent. Right. You know? So it was like a very attractive thing for these kids. You know, it's like, I get to stay at home, live with my family. And then on top of it, I'm able to help the family out with rental money basically. Yeah. You know, and then the NCAA stopped that and St. John's had to start making the transition to building dorms and all that type of stuff because the basketball team had gone down so hard that, you know, they were kind of like stuck in a bad place. And, and that's, and, and that's what they've been trying to recover from ever since all that start gone down, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, think about it. that probably was a real good option. You know, you're in New York anyway how many people in new york don't know anything? new york has 10 million people and they got loads of people that don't know anything but their neighborhood in new york
0: yeah absolutely you know yeah
1: i mean i knew guys like that at syracuse people had never been outside of brooklyn which is crazy to me yeah (laughs) you know i mean they might have been to manhattan but they've never been anywhere else you know yeah that's their world you know
0: yeah so true
1: you know, that's so and that's true. what happened at St. John's, but which is why you probably needed to bring somebody like Chris Mullett in there. Yeah, and and I don't know, I don't know what kind of coach he is. I don't know what kind of recruiter he's going to be. Well, I know what kind of recruiter he's going to be, or he is, and this makes sense because it's the style of ball he played. They got a lot of foreigners on that team.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't... Re- yeah, I didn't Yeah, think you that. probably
1: didn't realize that because you're at the game. Yeah. But they were talking about it. Like, the, you know, they have one guy who's got a... I think he... I don't know if he was Serbian or Croatian. I think he might have been Serbian, but he was... I think he was born in America to Serbian parents and was raised in Italy. You know? He was raised in Rome. That was the guy was something itch. You know, who was making a bunch of plays... Then they had that other guy, uh, the kid that was hitting the three-pointers was his name, like Passini or something like that. Yeah, their team's loaded with, uh, you know, there was a big man who's from France. Their team's loaded with European players.
0: Ah, okay. I didn't realize that, but that makes sense now.
1: I mean, it makes sense because that's the, you know, Mullen, uh, he played with Sharunas Martialonis and stuff. He played in a very Euro-friendly Style of ball when he was with the Warriors, you know? Yeah. But it, yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's what he's doing now. Plus, there's probably a good quick way to probably start getting a little better early, you know? Because they have a, like, I think their roster almost had, like, a complete turnover from last year to this year.
0: So of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven freshmen. Yeah, it's a lot of freshmen. On the team there is one, two a kids a sophomore. Three foreigners.
1: Let me look at the roster.
0: Three foreigners and a sophomore who uh who is from
1: uh three foreigners and a sophomore.
0: From Italy. That's the kid you were talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Obligovich.
1: Yep, that guy. Elbegovitch. Yeah, Ali Begovitch. That's what it is. Because he kept talking about him, and for some reason, that guy was having the game of his life. Ali Begovitch.
0: The uh, the center Sema.
1: Yeah, he's from France, right?
0: Yeah, Spain.
1: Yeah, Spain. Okay, well, who's? Because I had an article about a guy that was. No, here, this is what I was. T- Ron Mayuka. He's from Paris, France. They oh, got a yeah, guy yeah. from Mali, Yakwe. They got a guy from Guinea.
0: Oh, the kid.
1: Yeah, they got a bunch of guys from around the world.
0: Okay, so those guys are graduate student transfers.
1: Yeah, I guess they might. Oh, are they? Yeah, let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is a freshman. Uh,. Yeah, the Parisian guy.
0: Yeah, the Parisian senior.
1: guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the kid, um, the kid, Sima. Mussini, that's the one that kept hitting three-pointers, too. He's from Italy.
0: Yeah, well, good point. Let's see.
1: But Yakway was playing a lot. He's a freshman from Mali. Uh yeah, SEMA was playing a bit.
0: We're standing outside, just kind of uh, after the game. We're we're out on uh, on Seventh Ave, Just kind of gathering our thoughts, chatting, whatever. And all of a sudden, there's a six nine guy in shorts and uh, and an Under Armour tank top. Okay. And it's SEMA. And he's taking pictures. Now, See him
1: after the game,
0: after the game, he's out on Seventh Avenue, taking pictures with. Uh, I don't know if this was prearranged or if they were family. But if they were family, why wouldn't they have done it in the, in the, in the garden? But he's yeah, yeah he's right on the street. But he's not dressed. He's just in his game shorts, his sneakers. All basically, all he had done is take off his jersey. <laughs> and he's out there, and I'm like, man, that's—I mean, it's that's crazy, you know. Yeah. But that's their home. That's that's their home court. That's their arena. You know, it'd be like yeah, just yeah. stepping out of the dome on the can on the campus and taking a picture next to the Ernie Davis statue.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. But then they got oh, the dogs howling, huh? Ah, uh, Roscoe's
0: coming home, and they don't discriminate.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they got to go all the way back to Queens to go back to the campus. Yeah. Yeah. That's which, kind of a hike.
0: Which I don't know. Like, if I was an athlete, yeah, it's great that you play in the garden, and it's great that, you know, you can play in front of that crowd. But their campus is not very impressive. It's a, you know, it's a commuter school. Yeah. So then hopping back on the bus to go across town, over the bridge, you know, to campus. I'm sure at this point the athletes have, you know, decent facilities and they've probably built a a center just for student athletes to to live and go to class and all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. I just, there's probably... But I mean,
1: they play, they probably play most of their games though at friggin' or at least half of them, they probably play on campus in that little Carneseca arena. All of their... All the Big East games are played in the Garden now? For the most part. But I'm saying all these other games, like when they're playing, you know, whomever, if they're playing Monmouth or something, they're probably playing in Carneseca arena. You know, a lot of these pre-conference games.
0: All their pre-conference games are definitely... Except um, for
1: when they play Syracuse. At
0: Carneseca...
1: Or if they're playing Duke or somebody like that,
0: um, let's take a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They only play seven games at Madison Square Garden. All the big, uh, Big East games. Villanova. Right. Marquette. I didn't even
1: play Rutgers at Madison Square Garden, huh? Where did, oh, I don't even know where.
0: Oh wait, Ed. So they played. They played Saint Francis of Brooklyn, Syracuse. Three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven games. They played Rutgers at Karnseca. Yeah. They played That tells you
1: what the value of Rutgers is.
0: They played NJIT at Karnisseca. Oh then no, they didn't play NJIT yet. They will play NJIT uh this weekend. At, oh, that's a
1: big uh, big slash. Atlantic, Atlantic sun, sun tilt. Con. Atlantic Sun
0: <laughs> that one goes way back yep <laughs> that one goes way back Um. yeah they even play they play Butler in Carneseca so all the all the the, the Wait, new... Butler's
1: in the Big East yeah yeah so they don't play all the Big no, East no not games. all yeah no. alright not all that's weird that they play Butler in Carneseca you'd think that'd be a game that'd be garden worthy you know
0: yeah, but they don't even play Xavier at the Garden.
1: Yeah, and Xavier's really good this year. Yeah. They're like a top-five team right now.
0: So I, I guess they are regretting that. Or maybe they wanted a, they wanted a home court event. Who knows? Oh, I
1: yeah. Mean, that's like um, Villanova. That's another school that plays in a big, say, arena that's got a big hike. Yeah, because Villanova's not. Really in the city of Philadelphia?
0: No, that's a huge hike.
1: Yeah, and they so they, you know they you know if they play us, they're playing in friggin' whatever Wells Fargo, whatever the hell it is now. You know? Yep. But yeah, that's a that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, but uh, but other than that, you had a good time. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of the curse
0: of of, college basketball at Madison Square Garden, you know? Like, do you go in and do you make a day of it, or do you just hop in and hop out?
1: Oh, uh, you're talking about, like, it was an early game, too, so you were done at 2 o'clock.
0: Yeah, so, like, you know a college basketball game is only going to take two hours of your day. Yep and it's pretty consistent and you know it's not going to be super crowded you know you're going to get in you're going to get out there's not a ton of waiting uh, it's not really packed yeah. so you have to make a decision you either have to commit to go in and make it a day go in early have some you know have some lunch have some drinks and then commit to going out after the game to make it worth your while. Or say, I'm popping in and popping out, and the whole thing's going to be a four hour, commi- <laughs> four hour commitment, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, we kind of chose somewhere in the middle. Because it was yeah, a noon yeah, yeah. game. Because s- of what? Because it was a noon game. Like, it's only well, so man, early. That point
1: too, it's like you can hop in somewhere, hang out. There's NFL games on the background or whatever.
0: Well, that's kind of what we did. We went in, we got there, we drove up to Sea and took the train in.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you one question real quick, though. Yeah. Where we, I saw, you know, Lexi put up a bunch of pictures, and I know she was only selling the tickets that she, the spare ones, for $20 a piece. So I was like, well, they can't be that great of seats. And she, had a picture of her perspective and it looked like she was kind of up there a little bit. Yeah, it was about
0: um, probably foul line to center court. I mean, were you sitting right next same to them? Same section. No, no, they were they were in different seats but same section.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Same section. So, um they weren't bad. They weren't bad. The Garden's kind yeah, of it a looked weird like a place you. The Garden The Garden's a weird place because they redid it, but even before they redid it it it's like stadium seating in the truest sense. It's it's steep and it's high, but the roof caves in. So if you're sitting in the uh, upper deck, the blues is what they call them because the seats were blue, used to be blue. Yeah. You can't see across the arena to the people sitting in the opposite seats of that you have. Oh, uh, okay. Because the roof come the roof comes down.
1: Yeah, that's
0: weird. And then the the scoreboard hangs in the middle. Now what they did was they renovated it, and they put these, like, catwalk seats for Knicks games.
1: All right. I was going to—because I remember reading about this whole catwalk thing they were doing.
0: So there's, like, a luxury club at one end, and I don't know. There's probably four rows of seats that all hang below, like, a bar area okay yeah now they don't obscure your view of the court because the way like i said it's you're sitting high looking down but they do obscure your view of the of the um scoreboard so they have televisions like if you were sitting in an obstructed view at a baseball stadium you know how sometimes they put the uh little television so you can see the the parts that you're missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what they do. Um, But you get to see the whole thing. Yeah, they
1: got that in the dome at some parts, like where like on the lowest level where you're kind of like there's an overhang. Yes. You know, if you can't see everything, they got little TVs back under the overhang. So in case you're missing part of the game or something. Exactly. I don't know if they still have them, but they used to have that, you know.
0: So, we went in, um, probably, we drove to Seacaucus, hopped on the train. We just missed a train, so we had to wait, like, 20 minutes, um, which is the worst, but we ended up getting there. It always
1: seems like you just miss a train, doesn't it? Well,
0: the shitty part was that there were then four trains that ran within a 10-minute span of each other. Yeah. So, they must have gone in, like... Blocks, you know, every yeah, half hour yeah, yeah, yeah. there was going to be four trains passing through.
1: Yeah, and you missed the the last block.
0: Yep. So yep. We, we got in. Uh, Guy and Lexi and Lexi's sister were at this place called Stout, okay. which is a beer bar or something. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, it had been a, traditionally a Syracuse bar for as long as I can remember, but uh, St. John's struck up a sponsorship with them so now they're a saint john's bar
1: oh that sucks
0: yeah um so they were there roscoe met up with a couple folks that he had graduated with that uh, you know i've met over the years or whatever um so we hung out had a few drinks then went over to the game got there by the time we got in it was like 10 minutes had gone by in the first half already Oh, really? Yeah, because this person needed a ticket. And this See, person... there's
1: always some shit going on.
0: <laughs> This person needed a pizza. <laughs>
1: there's always some crap where you're going to meet a guy in the corner. He's going to meet me at the corner approximately five minutes before tip-off. We'll exchange the tickets. <laughs> no, trust me. He's meeting me exactly on the corner, right across the street from uh, Brother Jimmy's. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, man. There's always some situation like that.
0: (laughs) So we finally get in and um, Uh. you know, we sit. (laughs) Luckily the the section that we sat in was all of of Roscoe's friends. So it wasn't like we were climbing over strangers or being obnoxious or whatever. So, um, you know, first half ended. I don't even think I left my seat. Because at that point, I'd already pissed.
1: Yeah, I try not to get out of my seat when I go to games just because it's such a pain in the ass to get back in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I was smack dab in the middle. Yeah. I was smack dab in the middle. And then uh, after the game, we went down the guy who organized the tickets um dude who used to work at lucy's um hey you might know him his name is kevin kevin yeah it probably it, yeah probably he would have been like a, a bouncer at lucy's or something but probably yeah not maybe if
1: i saw his picture i would jog a memory but i don't know
0: so he organized the tickets and good guy and had a couple drinks with him at this place after the game, and it was just guy and I. And he was uh, he was itching to get out of there. Guy was. Yeah. They had driven what to, to uh, Alexi and them? They had driven to a um, to a train, like ten or fifteen minutes from their house. So he wanted to get back home safely. And then have his day start or whatever, and he had to work on Monday. And he, and he didn't I,
1: want, yeah, he didn't want to sit there be all drunk in New York and then have to worry about how he was getting home.
0: Exactly, and I was on antibiotics. Okay, I was sick. I went to the doctor's uh, the day before or something. Um, <laughs> Roscoe just popped Tell in. Roscoe just popped in and he said, "You talking about how hammered I got?" Which was funny because I um, specifically left that out of the equation to protect. Uh, the names of the innocent, or the names of the guilty. Not innocent. The not-so-innocent. Yes. But, um, you know, Guy and I were talking, and and I was on an antibiotics, so I wasn't boozing, and, you know, it's a Sunday. Yep. And Guy was like, listen, man, I'm, I'm being Guy right now, I'm sure. You know, somebody's saying, oh, it's Guy just being Guy, but uh, I just want to get out of here, you know? And I said, for my life... I feel that, man. For my life, I've been letting Monday ruin my Sunday and i'm not going to change now. You know, there's no point. Yeah. That's just what it is.
1: Well, yeah, like that's what I, my problem always is. If i get invited to Saints games or something, or i go to a Saints game. I I don't care to sit there and booze cuz it's it's fucking Sunday. Yep. And this but the stadium's full of people who are just getting smashed.
0: Yeah, you man, know?
1: i like, don't i don't there's a maybe
0: there's a theory that says, well, then I'll, you know, I'm going to be home and in bed by, by four, so uh, I'm ready to go to work the next day, but I'm not.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to just go home and friggin' pass out at four o'clock or something, or you know? <laughs> well, because one. Six o'clock at night on a Sunday. One,
0: it never happens. Yeah. And two, if you do manage to go home and get to sleep. You're only gonna wake up at midnight with a tremendous headache. Yep. Yep. So it's just it's a it's a tough spot.
1: But Roscoe didn't let.
0: No, Roscoe didn't Sunday. let his Monday ruin Monday his Sunday. Ruin his Sunday, huh? Roscoe didn't even let his Tuesday ruin his Sunday.
1: I don't know. Roscoe probably doesn't let any days ruin anything.
0: <laughs> to be young and handsome. Yes. <laughs> Uh, So I
1: could have back those four years that Roscoe has on me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was a good time. It was a good time. I'll tell you this much. When I was watching the game, as miserable as it was, and the worst part was that started at 11, you know, which meant that the uh, frigging second half was going to be doing the first half of the Saints game. So I had the TV on with the Saints game, and then I had the uh, the iPad on with the basketball game for the second half. Okay. And freaking watching the basketball game, and that's terrible. I'm like, ah, you know. But it was like a train wreck. Couldn't take my eyes off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awful because, you know, the Saints have been so shitty, and I'm like, come on. I'm going to have to deal with two of these fucking things today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So fortunately, the Saints ended up winning, you know, even though had they lost, it would have been a dramatic, friggin' terrible, legendary, classic Saints loser loss. But thankfully, they didn't because I was like, I can't deal with two fucking doses of this shit, you know, right back to back. Yeah, so uh, that was a terrible game, dude. You know, St. John's wasn't that good of a team, and all of a sudden, you know, frigging Chris Mullen sets up a new offense and a new defense, and we have no clue how to handle any of it.
0: Right, like we'd never played before.
1: Yeah, you know, it changes it up a little bit, and we have no clue what we're doing. Dewan Coleman peaked out when he was a friggin' sixteen year old kid. <laughs> yeah. He really did. Yeah, he's of course, not that good. Cool. Had he chosen Kentucky over Syracuse, he would have been great probably. Right. You know? That's just like if Anthony Davis were to come to Syracuse, he probably would have been all right, but he wouldn't be Anthony Davis.
0: Um what what did uh what did D C what's D C had to say about this season so far?
1: Derek Coleman? Yeah. He was live tweeting during the game. He was
0: a little pissed about some stuff. Yeah, I love when he live tweets during the game.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I was looking. I for can't him.
1: remember specifically, but I know he was a little. He, I know he was a bit miffed at points. You know, was he there? Oh, uh, I doubt he was at the game. Okay, because Pearl was. Derek at the Coleman, game. I think, is very involved in organizing tournaments, and he's very active in Detroit. You know. Okay. Okay. But he's always. He's always on the ball when it comes to a Syracuse Hoops game. Off, well, because I've seen him at that game before. Yeah. I've run into I know him Pearl at was at it.
0: Pearl was at this game, yeah.
1: Yeah, because Mullen went up to him after the game, and they embraced and shit. Yeah, he didn't look too good. Yeah, I mean, he had that brain surgery and shit. Yeah, he looked all jacked up, you know? Yeah, but it was good to see him out and about. Yeah. Let me see if we can find out what Derek Colvin was thinking on Sunday. But um Yeah, so that sucked. Um Yeah. But, but also I, what's that I got oh, to see,
0: I got to see Guy. We hung out for a little bit, you know. Got to see Lexi. Fuck Other, that. Otherwise I would have been. I'd
1: rather not see Guy fifty more times than see one more Syracuse lost. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, that's funny Because I,
0: uh, I was talking to Guy And he's, he said the same thing <laughs>
1: He'd rather not see himself more times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean I understand, you got to see Guy You got to see Lexi, you got to see Alyssa You got to see your boyfriend Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, wait, that's not a good thing, right? <laughs> wait, who's
0: my boyfriend? Who's my boyfriend?
1: Melissa's well, boyfriend. Oh, all oh, right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> I doubt he's a listener. <laughs> <laughs> we can clown on that a little bit, right? Right. Right. Oh, gosh. Right. Coleman does a lot of uh, retweeting during the games too. No, oh, he does. Yeah, he was really, he was pissed off when they called uh, a friggin' foul on Benajay. When and it was bullshit. He blocked the guy clean from behind, you know. Yes, and, I remember that. Yeah, Coleman was all terrible call, clean block, Derek Coleman. And then he start retweeting the other people, Otto'sgroove dot com, who was pissed about that call and. And QSNation.com, Derek Coleman retweeted, because they were pissed about that call. <laughs> <laughs> what, um... Actually, most of it's positive, you know? It's like, we need a run. That should be an end one. Long shot, long rebounds. Gotta respond after the timeout. Plenty of time to get stops on D. And then he's tweeting to... Uh, he's tweeting back and forth with Donna Tota, who's one of the uh, Syracuse beat reporters for the uh, Post Standard.
0: Okay. Yeah, you know? we're not playing any D. <laughs> did he um, tweet anything about Joseph?
1: About Caleb Joseph? Yeah. Uh, let me see if there's anything on here. Because uh, he's not shy. He's not shy he
0: about, about no, saying. No, he
1: didn't. He kind of, I think once it got near the end. Yeah, I mean, he probably had about 10 or so tweets during the game or something, oh, you know? okay. All right. But he didn't have anything negative about... Uh, Caleb Joseph, who fucking sucks. He, um... He dissed Ron... They did retweet about Pearl being at the game.
0: What's that? He dissed uh, Ron Patterson last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, I know yeah, he's and not...
1: Patterson friggin' transferred right now. Yeah,
0: after. where'd he go? Where is he now?
1: Is he the one that went to the school in Indiana? Is he the one that went to IUPUI? Didn't one of the guys end up at one of those schools? Yeah. Two- I mean, I... Was Patterson the one that went... I don't know, because two guys transferred. That other... Yes. Who's the other guy transferred?
0: Patterson is at uh, IUPUI, and uh, B.J. Johnson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He transferred somewhere back in New York, right? Let's see. So Patterson... Like a smaller school downstate or something, huh?
0: Patterson's at IUPUI, and then B.J. Johnson... Is now at LaSalle.
1: Oh, LaSalle. All right. He's from Pennsylvania. Okay. He's from Philly. Okay. BJ Johnson. <laughs> um, what <are> <coughs> say? I wonder where Caleb Joseph will transfer to. That's the <laughs> big question. Because I can't believe that kid's going to stick around.
0: No. No.
1: You know? And they'll be more than happy to sign his release, I'm sure. You know, I mean, that kid was supposed to be a lot better than he is. You know, I remember last year talk was, oh, well, you know, he's not a natural point guard, but we're going to transition him into a role and he'll learn, but he's never gotten any better at anything. No. You know? I mean, Coleman's done after this year, too. Thank God. You know? And then next year we'll have that friggin', um that 7 footer in the fold the Providence transfer and Battle Yeah, Tyus Battle And now that we do have the other scholarship back, you know. And if Joseph does transfer somewhere else, we'll be able to you know, we'll be able to do something. So, that'll be good. I just don't like our prospects gone to Big East play, you know. Yeah. I mean, ACC play. Yeah, not... Um, we can get abused.
0: Yeah, it's not looking very good. So, just yeah. strap in, hope season ends soon enough.
1: <laughs> yep. But uh, the other news I guess we can talk about is uh, a pretty sad note. And I know you must know what I'm speaking of at this point. The passing of the late great NBA basketball player, not so great landlord Dol shoes.
0: Oh man, that's right. We almost man, this is this could almost be a three parter.
1: Yeah, well, don't go don't <laughs> <laughs> don't go there, buddy. <laughs> I don't think I have a three parter in me tonight.
0: Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, what what I had thought would, would which would have been a great idea, I think. Um, But when, by the way, of any show element that needs any bit of pre-production, is I was going to have everybody give me their best Dolph memory. Their quintessential Dolph memory. And um, there could have been a couple. Yep, There could have been a couple, but um, I would have probably went With, um, was, uh, with Get the Cars Off the Lawn. That, (laughs) that probably would have been my favorite. Who is Joe Romano is a classic, (laughs) but that's just all encompassing. I think the Get the Cars Off the Lawn is, uh, is just succinct. It summed him up quite nicely. Um, he had no reason to come over. He had no reason
1: oh, he to care to come over.
0: The cars were on the lawn.
1: The but- worst part was he would let himself in through the basement entrance. Yeah, why did he do that? Cuz so he could sneak up on us, I believe. <laughs> right,
0: cuz it was the side uh, door yeah. by the uh, by the driveway.
1: driveway. Yeah. I remember the time he showed up there and he was like uh You know, it was the first year we were living in there, and I believe it was during the winter because I believe he was kicking snow off of his boots. You know, he showed up there. He was with, like, his two goons. You remember his two (laughs) – as Goldberg used to call them, you know, his two monkeys. I mean, they were a couple – they weren't – they were a couple little, you know, blue-collar white guys that did all the repairs for him. okay. You know, They were actually nice guys, but they were always over there doing bullshit, you know? Right. I think he had them over there to check up on us, you know, basically, yeah. but they were like his repair guys. And he came in there with them and he comes in and we're all sitting around like in the little living room area, the TV room. And he was like, uh, you know, you remember that ugly gold carpet or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. And he's like, don't one of your mothers have a vacuum cleaner or <laughs> something they could give y'all? You know, give Because <laughs> he was appalled at how filthy the place was. <laughs> and we had never vacuumed.
0: <laughs> we lived there for two years, but we didn't get off on a good foot with him. Early, early on in, in junior year, uh, somebody had locked themselves out of their bedroom. yeah. And broke the door down to get into their bedroom. <laughs> and he came over and caught wind of that, and he's like, uh,
1: "You're animals! Yeah. You're goddamn animals!" Yeah. I remember the time, because he came to do an inspection of the house for some reason, right? And we had holes in the walls and shit, and we covered them up with like liquor ads, you know, like yeah. out of the magazine. And he knew and he's like, all this. I know there's holes in the wall because that's why you have these things up. <laughs> <laughs> it was like absolute ads. Like we <laughs> we didn't even put much effort into it. We ripped out ads out of fucking sports illustrated and shit. Oh, they weren't <laughs> even posters, they were just no, newspaper. They were ads. just like booze ads and beer <laughs> ads. Oh, that's
0: great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God. I'll say this much, though. You know, and I said this at the time because I never, I don't think any of us expected to get our deposit back. I'm sure Goldberg probably got his money back. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. <laughs> I remember we all thought that. You know, we're like, we know Goldberg probably got his money back. <laughs> because, you know, they would, Goldberg was the type of guy, if not Goldberg, probably Mark Goldberg, his his late father, would have called Dolph and said, "Hey, I want the deposit back." You know, right, right. Whereas everybody else was just like, uh, "There's no way we get the deposit back." I remember, I did the math. I was like, "All right, we lived here for 24 months, we paid $235 for deposit, which is like nothing." Yeah, I was like, "If you told me." If you had told me the day I moved in here, hey, for ten dollars a month you can fuck this place. Up. <laughs> <laughs> the rent's gonna be two thirty-five, but for an extra ten dollars a month you can just fuck this place up and it'll be cool. Right? <laughs> would you take that deal? And uh, I probably would have.
0: <laughs> right. Right. That's great. That's
1: the way I looked at it. <laughs> I was like, all right, that was $10 a month to not to give a fuck about keeping the place in order.
0: <laughs> you know, as as a bad of a <laughs> landlord as he was, I would say he, just by virtue of renting from Hall of Famer Dolph Shays, enhanced my Syracuse experience by at least uh,
1: 10%. I told you about when I ran into him at the All-Star game. Yes. In the concourse. Right, but what are you doing here? (laughs) I remember you, (laughs) and the worst part was I didn't get a picture of him. I probably Josh was like, Oh man, I'll probably be the last time you ever see that guy, (laughs) and it was, (laughs) Uh, it was funny, but he gave it a good run, he gave it a good run, yeah. I mean, well. Josh had the can. We weren't even thinking at the time. I should have got a picture with him, but it was funny. Josh was like, Look at that guy. He looks like one of the original NBA players. I'll look over. I was like, that's don <laughs> <laughs> So I went up and stopped him. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking at him at the, I was looking for him at the last All Star game and I didn't see him.
0: Yeah, I would... I mean he
1: might have been at it, but you know, there's Friggin' 20,000 people in the arena, yeah. Yeah, but by that point, when was that? That was... Was that last, or Was that 2013 or 14? Yeah, he was easily in his 80s by then. Yeah, well, I, he died in 87, but he was still traveling around and going... You know, um, he was still pretty damn active all the way to the end. Really? Yeah, I mean, I was reading um, an interesting article about him the other day actually because uh new york times had a good obituary about him. okay but then the other day i was on newyorktimes.com this was earlier in a week and you know they had a sidebar about most popular stories right now or something and number two and it was a story about Dolce's, and it was talking about um how he was like a, his game was like the um basically a harbinger of like Dirk Nowitzki's game, and Porzingis, and people like that now, you know? Okay, all right. And it even talks about the the guy who wrote it, sports Warrior for New York Times. He interviewed him, I think, just like last year or something, you know? And he was talking about, you know, Dolce, talking about his favorite players, uh, or Tim Duncan, <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki, and stuff. But it wasn't that long ago that the guy interviewed him. You huh. know? So I think he was still getting around, you know, oh, good for him, yeah, yeah, so it wouldn't have surprised me had he been down here for the all star game okay, yeah, but um but yeah, it's friggin um, it's interesting, man, I don't know, I saw some picture the other day of Danny Shays, I don't know who put that up. You know. It might have been Danny Shays or Mike Hopkins. That might have been the picture. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I follow Hop on uh, Twitter, you know, and I think he might have had the picture with him and Danny Shays.
0: There was a, there was a picture, I guess, in the obituary, or, or at least a story about Dolph, um, where he looked, you know, it, it was probably pretty recent within the last couple of years.
1: Where he looked like the old man.
0: Yeah, and he was with Danny, who also didn't look very well.
1: Yeah, well, Danny looks, yeah. Yeah, the picture I saw Danny didn't look great. Yeah.
0: So, R.I.P. Dolph Shays.
1: Yeah, but you should read that article. I was talking, it was a very interesting article. Because that's what it was about, him being a bridge between the, kind of like,
0: the old a bridge
1: end, between the old game and the new game, sure. you know? And because he 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 ran, he did the two handed set shot when that was changing into the jump shot, you know. Yes, he was. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. But yes, R.I.P. Dolshay's, a great basketball player, a decent coach, and an all right landlord, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it does enhance the value of your Syracuse experience to say that you rented from. One of the 50 greatest players of all time. And when they do the 75 year, he'll be one of the 75 greatest players.
0: You know? Yeah.
1: And then, you know, probably the greatest Jewish player of all time on top of it. And possibly the last Jewish guy to be named Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't know where he, probably not the last person to be given that name, although there's probably not that many more in the next two decades after, but. Right. (laughs) But probably one of the final Jewish guys to be given that name, being born 1928. (laughs) You know, maybe it lasted for another 10 years before they quit calling their kids that. Right. (laughs) How terrible it must have been. He didn't even have a middle name to fall back on. That's why he just had to be Dolph. <laughs> I never, uh, I never realized that. Yeah, I only realized it when I, one of the obit- I think it was the obituary, of New York Times said they had no middle name. It was just Adolf Schuiz, and it, and that one had said, you know, he was, he was a freshman at sixteen at NYU. Yeah, it's crazy. And he led them to the final, uh, but they lost the final. But. The reason he ended up in Syracuse was the Knicks drafted him back, this is before the NBA was the NBA. There was the Basketball Association of America, I think it was called that the Knicks were in. Okay. And the Nationals were in the National Basketball League. The Knicks offered him five grand, Syracuse offered seventy five hundred, and he and he said that well, he didn't think basketball was gonna stay around anyway. He didn't think this was going to last, so he was going to take the money, <laughs> you know, take more money in the immediate right. period, you know? Because right. he's like, this shit isn't going to make it, you know? But he said it ended up being better for him to come to Syracuse because the coach at Syracuse at the time, he had a lot of things. You know, was a very innovative guy, and he probably wouldn't have flourished the same had he played for the Knicks. So, Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, he was—he coached Wilt Chamberlain, man. You know. Yeah, he
0: was it, man. He's—he was—he was an all-around, all great. Yeah. You know.
1: He was also uh, coach of like the U.S. Maccabees team, I think. You know, the Jewish yep. Olympics. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He and then he and then he came back, and I think he coached the Buffalo Braves like their first couple of years in the league or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was, you know, and it's just weird because the relationship we had with him, you know, you read these obituaries. I mean, how many people get an obituary in the New York Times, you know? You got to be prominent. They don't write stories about nobodies there, you know? Right. And then, but our relationship with his is is, is like... (laughs) landlord and tenants he can't stand <laughs> isn't that funny you know right <laughs> it's just so funny that's that that's our context Over, if not for that you know if i never get a circus, i just see that obituary and and be like oh that's interesting right that that old time basketball guy died
0: <laughs> right a point in history
1: <laughs> yes just like it was when i saw like though a few days before that uh Lasky, you know you ever go to Boston Garden you know they got the one number that's not retired it says Lasky. yes and it's uh i think it's Jim Loskitsoff who is uh like one of the, an enforcer for the uh for the Celtics basically during the same period Dolces was in the league right you know and it's like, oh, that's an interesting story about an old-time NBA player. <laughs> that's what it would have been for me. Yep. Instead, we have this context of tenant landlord. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> and it just makes everything that much funnier. You know? <laughs> oh, Lord. God bless Dolph.
0: Rest in peace, Dolph. Yep. All right, man. On that note.
1: Yeah. You don't want to do part three? (laughs) (laughs) It's almost 11 your time, man. It is. I got
0: to shut this down. I got to shut this down. All right, then. On that note, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week.
1: Yeah. Good night, Fredo. That's tight. Don't let the El Salvadorians bite. (laughs) All
0: right, good night, Libby.
1: All right, good night, sir.